0: BBC Podcasts Local Voices on Demand Hello thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast I'm Jonathan Scott Are you experiencing blue monday described as the most depressing day of the year by some GHA consultant psychiatrist Dr Ashim Betapadura will give us his take We tell you about free events organized by the Fine Arts Association. No cuesta de enero. Very clever title. It's a collaboration with Kitchen Studios. We'll speak to Joseph Alessio and Stefano Blanca Chacaluga. There was a surprise birthday party this weekend for Teresa Bossano, who turned 100. I look forward to sharing some bits from that. And we speak to Patrick Canniper, who's taking over as referee manager at the Football Association. But first, our top story today comes from the Supreme Court. Our reporter Shalina Asamol has spent the morning there and joins us now with the details.
1: A rather extensive jury selection process is underway. Uh, something I have to say I have not seen before. Like you mentioned, Katie is the one that usually is in court. Uh, but I have gone over the last few years and it's certainly something new to me. Um, about 300 people are being asked to head down to the Supreme Court today in a, a different sort of waves over the course of the day. 100 this morning, then at 12 o'clock and then at 2 Um And so if your name is called, you're asked to go into another room and complete a questionnaire, uh, something I've never heard of before as well. Um, And this questionnaire essentially asks, you know, if you... um, know any witnesses or family members involved in the case. The case that we're talking about is uh, that of Gillian Balban. She's facing allegations of fraud. They were made by NatWest Gibraltar and they date back to 2011 and 2012. Um, she's currently facing four counts of fraud totaling close to three million and two and counts of fraud by abuse of position. Now this case was actually first brought forward in December 2019. Now more than four years later it's in court and it's expected to take six weeks, which is why the jury selection process is so extensive, I imagine. We've actually emailed the courts to find out in which cases they would normally do something like this. Uh, So hopefully we'll hear back from them over the course of today. Um, But yes, um, essentially six weeks, almost a month that you'd have to give to um, jury service. And so... I think they need to be certain that people can commit to that amount of time. That in addition to the usual um, potential links to witnesses or family members and um, potential jurors are also being asked if they have any involvement with the FSC or with NatWest Bank.
0: All right. So so six weeks of trial, but it hasn't started yet then?
1: No. So the selection process is underway today, I think the course of today will just be that, then tomorrow those that have sort of passed, if you want to call it that, the first round of the process uh, will be asked to return and then they'll sort of finalise that uh, jury. Uh, it's not clear at this stage whether it will be a jury of nine or a jury of 12. In some c- cases they can have a larger number of jurors, which would be 12, Um so, we'll have to see tomorrow if the jury can finally be impaneled at that stage. And uh, then, yes, a six week trial is expected to be underway.
0: All right. And we'll keep you up to date with significant developments. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for joining us, Shalina Asimov. Are you experiencing Blue Monday? The third Monday of the year is described by some as the most depressing of the year. Uh, researchers claim that people are at their loneliest with debt levels um, being difficult uh, at their highest. In fact, uh, January, of course, uh, coming straight after Christmas, which can be expensive. And when we spend money uh, sooner and and in, in a greater volume and the weather Elsewhere in the world uh, could be a factor as well. Here in Gibraltar, we've got a a, a beautiful day, really, for January winter's afternoon. Uh, So how are you coping, and what tips do you have to cheer yourself up? Uh, We'll hear in just a moment what the vibe on Main Street is like. But first, good afternoon to the GHA consultant psychiatrist, Dr. Ashim Betta Padura. Uh, Good afternoon, doctor, and and how are you today? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you. My mood's
2: really good and I'm in a good place. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, So Blue Monday isn't really a thing for
2: you on a personal level? Is Is it a thing for you on a professional level? No, not really. So uh, we know that it's a sort of marketing gimmick about 15 or 20 years ago. I think somebody from the travel industry, um, it was that uh, realized that uh, the weather is bad. And as you said, lots of people are in debt and surely there could be somewhere to sell some more holidays. Uh, (laughs) And in the UK, there is um, the, the weather is really unpleasant. Uh, But in contrast, it's probably worth mentioning that today is Lori or uh, Shankranti, which is one of uh, India's really important festivals. So up and down the country, people are celebrating a vibrant, joyful um, transition from uh, winter to spring. So uh, it it marks, it depends on, I suppose, where you are in which part of the world, whether it's a good day or a bad day. But (laughs) by and large, there is no evidence that uh, um, there is more um, mental illness or more suicide or more... Admissions to mental health uh, due to on Blue Monday.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Um, we actually went down uh, on to Main Street earlier. Our reporter Kevin Reese uh, asked uh, a number of our uh, listeners and and viewers how they are feeling on on what has been termed Blue Monday, and this is what they had to say.
1: I'm quite happy. I'm having a good day.
0: Brilliant. And um, what's making you so happy today? I'm
1: going to go do my nails, and it's a good weather. It's not cold, finally.
0: For me, Gibraltar is positive every day. So I, I didn't even know it was Blue Monday. There we are.
1: We're
3: going to look on the first of January. For me, it's actually quite enjoyable because it's my birthday, and it means to say that I'm still alive. Whereas others have fallen by the wayside. Even though I don't like Christmas or I don't like the festivities, but when I'm not, mira, first of January, I'm alive. Something to celebrate.
4: We are very happy. <laughs> you just heard us laughing, So <laughs> Definitely. we only We're not thing that's dress. blue
5: here today is what I'm wearing. But not in um, character and personality and in positiveness. You have to be positive in life. So Blue Monday doesn't exist for us.
0: There you go. Supposedly the most depressing day of the year, but no evidence of that on Main Street. Thank you to Kevin Reese for that reporting there. Uh, and we're joined in the studio by Dr. Ashim Padura, who's a consultant psychiatrist at the GHA. Um, and, and that sort of anecdotal uh, evidence, unscientific as it is, uh, corroborates what you are saying, that um, uh, it isn't necessarily a thing. It, it perhaps was born as a marketing gimmick
2: that's what i believe is true yes yeah. um uh,
0: nevertheless if if uh, it seems like a good prompt to talk a, a little bit about how people can look after their mental health and and make sure that they are feeling well um so so what are the sort of um things that we can think about and 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 do uh, and make habits perhaps to to make us feel as as help us to feel as
2: well as possible
0: Absolutely. I think
2: um, we need to take care of ourselves. And by that, I mean um, take exercise, have a healthy diet, uh, sleep well, um, and if possible, sort of connect with people and try and take up a new hobby or a new interest. I think lots of people overindulge during the Christmas and holiday period, whether it's with alcohol or with food or sadly with drugs. And it's a useful opportunity, I think, to cut back on those things and reevaluate our lives. Um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of focus is on um, looking for professional help and support to deal with what is really you know, normal grief. Uh, grief is a normal reaction. We are human and we would experience grief and happiness and sadness. And, you know, these are normal emotions and it isn't correct to um, medicalize these things and require treatment for these things. You know, we wouldn't be alive if we didn't experience any emotions at all. Uh, but i think these sorts of general things to help ourselves is all that's required to maintain good mental health i think we in um, the mental health service care for people with severe and enduring mental illnesses and for that we're really very well provisioned and i'm grateful um, to the government and the people of gibraltar for the support that we have in um, doing the best we can for people with schizophrenia and Major depressive disorders and bipolar affective disorder and that sort of thing. And we shouldn't confuse that severe end of the spectrum with what is normal day to day, ups and downs of life, I think. So yeah, so those are two very different things that you've described then. Uh, the normal
0: emotions of of an uh, you know ups and downs of everyday life for somebody who is uh, fairly healthy and and uh, a sort of a diagnosable mental health disorder as as you sort of help people with,
2: absolutely. Uh, severe mental disorders can arise due to a number of reasons, sometimes due to significant trauma while people are growing up or um, due to genetic factors or due to biochemical imbalances in the body. and that's quite different from a normal day-to- day person going about their life who experiences a knock. you know we all experience knocks in life. Uh, and I think those knocks are best dealt with by seeking support from our uh, near and dear our friends and family and um, you know connecting with nature um, taking up exercise and healthy lifestyles and that sort of thing
0: we've been talking in recent days about how um, christmas as well as being a beautiful time of the year um is also a time of the year that brings its own social pressures um financial pressures expectations um Have you seen in recent weeks, um, uh, has the GHA's mental health team uh, seen an increase in in call-outs for help?
2: I don't think there's uh, any significant increase compared to any other time of the year. In fact, during this period, lots of people are on holiday and away from Gibraltar. Um, My personal experience of working on call for the GHA during the Christmas period over the last four or five years has been that it's, a relatively quieter time and I suppose partly because people are with friends and families and lots of people are away from Gibraltar as well um, and it's a, f- a festive positive pleasant time so no I don't think we've had any increase in uh, callouts. but I suppose at this moment it's worth reminding ourselves that there is a condition called seasonal affective disorder which affects a small minority of people who experience a significant fluctuation in their mood uh, between summer and winter. Typically, these people um, suffer with low mood during winter, but it could be the converse where people experience low mood during summer. Much more, uh, much rarer. Uh, Anyway, seasonal affective disorder shouldn't be confused with um, um, sort of just the ups and downs of life. You know, these these are people who have a genuine problem where their mood is consistently low throughout winter, typically. Uh, year upon year, and that's a serious condition which which requires treatment. I personally haven't seen anybody fulfilling those criteria while I've been working in Gibraltar, but we are a really small population, which is yeah, part of the reason maybe. Okay and um I think the last time that
0: we spoke to you um or the last time that I spoke to you certainly I remember discussing longer term care plans for people uh, who are living in the community but need support um from the GHA but also perhaps the you know other support agencies that you work with and government departments um how how much have those care plans developed and and are they
2: being Um, delivered
0: to to those in need who are living in the community.
2: Uh, Just to remind your viewers and listeners, about 1% of the population at any given time suffer with severe and enduring mental health problems. About 300, 350, 400, depending on how many people are in Gibraltar, I suppose. Um, And those are the people that are cared for within secondary mental health services. And a vast majority of those function independently. Uh, A small minority require significant care and support from... Society from various agencies, whether it's the housing department or um, voluntary services or indeed mental health services, uh, and I'm pleased to say that every one of those now um, has a c- clear care plan, um, which lists who can support them, who, um, what sort of support they require, and how frequently and how regularly that's delivered. Um, and that's been significant in the last couple of years. You know, first of all, getting together that list of people with severe and significant problems, and uh, devising care plans and implementing those. I think we're a long way up from where we were um, three, four, five years ago, I think.
0: All right. Um, we're going to leave it at that for now, but uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, Dr. Ashim Betapadura, GHA consultant psychiatrist. Thank you. Thank you very much for talking to us about a day that is not blue. It's not. It's a Monday, but it's not blue Monday. <laughs> not at all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Gibraltar today. Um, we we had uh, the pleasure of being invited to a surprise birthday party this weekend. This was a 100th birthday, 100th birthday uh, celebration. Teresa Bosano uh, turned 100, and uh, she's super agile. She's very, very much with it, uh, and uh, and had this to say um, when asked for advice um, upon reaching this very significant milestone, her 100th birthday. <laughs>
2: Bueno, a la, a la gente del pueblo le digo mucha salud a todos y que no tenga pena ninguna. Que se vayan a todos los lados. Para ir yo estoy muy contenta. Ya está, ya no más, que no me sale la palabra
0: she says that uh, she wants people to live their lives with no regret, to go out there and do things and uh, and she also gave us a little bit of insight into the factors that she thinks might have contributed to her longevity uh, so this is Teresa Bosano upon hitting the 100 year milestone
2: La primera. A la hora del almuerzo un vaso de vino tinto, grande. La segunda, el, si no puedo dormir me tomo un bailey doble. Y la tercera, me voy al bingo. <ríe> Aunque la juventud que haga todas estas cosas y que no se quede en las casas que, y que vaya al bingo a todos los lados. A ver si me sale un novio aquí rico. <ríe>
0: With a sense of humour as well. Um, Teresa says that she enjoys usually a large glass of wine at lunchtime. If she can't sleep, she will have a glass of Baileys. Uh, She tends to go to the bingo um, quite regularly, as I understand it. And her advice is to people not to stay at home, to go out and do things. Um, And uh, I think her grandson... Al uh, shared a, a heartwarming story related to how active his granny is and her love of bingo.
3: Absolutely amazing. A hundred. Who would have believed it? Yeah. It's just it's just uh, well, I'm gobsmacked. I mean she's so lively. She's such a lovely person. She even goes to bingo at night on her own. I mean there's many a times I've been sitting outside the pig and whistle late at night with my friends and she's walked along about half one and don't Mama, where are you going? Balagasa. Where have you been? It's 1.30. I'm, bingo. I said, wait here. Well, I'll finish this pint and I'll take you. And she goes, if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna wait, buy me a tin That's the sort of person she is, she's brilliant.
0: Wonderful. Thank you to uh, Teresa's grandson, Al, for sharing that anecdote with us. And happy birthday once again to Teresa Bosano, who's um, showed us how to do it, how to hit 100. There are more and more people um, as, we, as we get healthier as a society, more and more people living to 100, but it's still a remarkable feat and one worth celebrating. This is... Gibraltar today, Patrick Canepa has taken over the role of referee manager at the Football Association. He replaces Adrian Bacarisa, who had been in the role for more than 10 years. Patrick has been one of Gibraltar's most prominent and experienced referees. He now ends his career on the pitch to take up the full-time position at the GFA. Uh, and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Patrick. How are you feeling about effectively hanging up your your referee football boots
4: and, and whistle? I think um, mixed feelings, if I'm honest. Uh, I've been doing it for more or less 10 years, and it's something which I enjoyed every time I stepped onto the pitch. So I think it's pretty much saying goodbye to that, and also now concentrating on a a leadership um, development towards our referees and and, and try to pass on through them everything I know and and just help develop our referees. Yeah, And, and what has refereeing meant to you? Quite a lot. I mean, I don't think people understand how much refereeing The importance of refereeing is it just doesn't it shapes you as a character it shapes you as a person uh commitment discipline um and everything that comes with it learning from your mistakes how do you improve and those are just things in and that happens in everyday life so um you know it was was a very very big part of me and it has a
0: big impact on on the, the actual football game as well
4: yes absolutely um we're always there our referees committed week in week out um and it's a sacrifice that we do to in order to provide a, to provide football towards our uh, local community um but it's also something that we enjoy very much so so we're all very encouraged and very happy when we're doing it
0: i mean when it, when a, when a referee has uh shall we say uh, not not their best game you always hear the players complain about it uh, and and then you realize how often they don't uh, and and you think well then uh, that must have mean that must have meant that the referees had a good game, and and also just underlines generally how important the role uh, the referee has in keeping things um, ticking and
4: and and making sure that the game is fair. Yes, of course. I mean, as referees, we uh, are first and foremost we need to apply the laws of the game and make sure that the game is uh, played as safely as possible. And yeah, going back to what you said about uh, players always um, giving some towards the referees. It's a bit of hit and miss at the time. Ta- uh, it could be hit and miss throughout the same match where we could be going in at half time, One of the teams is winning. Ref, well done. Massive, very good game. And then in the second half, it turns on them. And you're the worst referee in the world. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we take it with a pinch of salt.
0: You have to take it on the chin. Huh? Um, and uh, and when you look at the crop of referees that uh, that Gibraltar has at present, are we attracting enough? young um, and, and just generally new referees to, to ensure that our, our fixtures are, are officiated at a high level?
4: Not enough. Um, we we do have enough officials in the senior league to be able to push forward, um, but we uh, also have a few more older senior referees which we haven't got enough coming through at a younger age to be able to backfill those as they, as they look towards retirement. Um, so it's something which we are working hard on with the GFA um and trying to get out there and to bring in referees because no one's already made referees so it does take years of development as well so um it's something which we're pushing hard on and trying to bring in more so recruitment is going to be one of your major challenges absolutely yeah i've I've been doing it now for a couple of years anyway but uh it's, it's something which we need to be pushing hard on in order to get more local referees we're lucky that we've been able to bring in some referees from across the border but um we we want to bring in more local ones, and um, joining the
0: football association as you do now on a, on a full time basis. Um, how how do you feel? Because I mean,
4: it's a it's a an organisation with with big plans. To be honest, the transition's been quite easy. Um, I've been working in in with them for the last few months, doing some extra work on the sides with them, and I've also been um, part of the background staff for a number of years now as well. Uh, The biggest transition was probably moving from service life into working into a a federation, which is as big as it is. But um, so far, so good.
0: Excellent. Well, we wish you every success. Um, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting time for you and the Football Association. Uh, Patrick Canepa, thank you for joining us. And um, for anybody who wants to hear more from you, you're joining Robin shepard Caputo on Sports Locker, I believe.
4: Yes, that's right. Tomorrow afternoon.
0: So uh, coming to a television screen uh, (laughs) close to you very, very soon. Uh, Patrick, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This is Gibraltar Today. If you're feeling the pinch this January, but are eager to find something to do without spending too much money, you might be interested in hearing about a programme of free events organised by the Fine Arts Association. It's the second year in a row uh, that the association is hosting No Cuesta de Enero, which I must say is a brilliant, brilliant title. Um, Good afternoon to Joseph Alessio of the Finance Association. Um, I love the title. (laughs) (laughs) No Cuesta Dinero. La Cuesta de, de enero, enero, just yeah. in case, uh, to spell out the obvious. Uh-huh. Very you, good. C- come closer to the mic, if you don't mind, Joseph. Is, and, that, uh, is that better? Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And uh, and on the line is Stefano Blanca-Shakaluga uh, of Kitchen Studios, with who you're collaborating. Good afternoon to you, Stefano. Hello, how's going? <laughs> going well, going well. Bueno, um, well, sure. Joseph, uh, tell us a little bit about um, the
5: concept and, and what the
0: what, know, what it uh, entails.
5: Uh, first and foremost, I'll tell you about the name. Um, we were discussing what we can do to um, basically be uh, proactive us as an association, and we always um, like to uh, start the year off on a, on a good note. And we were thinking about doing something in January, um, pero la cuesta de enero es muy dura. So we're just having fun with this conversation and it came out quite about, quite naturally, La, La cuesta de Nero. Bueno, let's do an event for free que no cueta dinero. And hence you could see how the name came about uh, quite o- organically, which was um, a hit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, today is actually, we we're
0: reporting that it's supposed to be Blue Monday because of the, the fact that finances can be difficult at this time of the year. In other countries, the weather um, could be an issue as well here, we're very lucky, we've, we've got lots of sunshine, so actually free art to, to sort of um, lift the
5: mood is, is a great idea, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like it. Um, I do think we're blessed here in Gibraltar with the weather, in <laughs> more than uh, one way.
0: So tell us a little bit, uh, uh, let's bring in Stefano, um, tell us a little bit Stefano about uh, the sort of art that people uh, can expect to enjoy in the next few days.
3: Well, in the next few days, the the finance association have put together uh, a number of a number of presentations, and um, you know which are, which are very varied, uh, sort of much in line with with last year, where they had different associations coming in, different artists coming in to talk about their craft and what they do. Um, so they have that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, today they kick it off with a with a live drawing session. Um, which is sort of one of the one of the pillars of of, of their existence, you know, Which is the, the very famous live drawing session that they always do once a week. So they've got that this week, and then next week is what Kitchen take over the space, and we'll be having it for for a week, uh, Monday to Friday. We'll have, um, uh, I like to say the, the usual the, the usual crowd, you know, the usual artists that, that collaborates in in Kitchen Studios shows, and it'll be mixed media. Uh, ten artists, all sorts of all sorts of things. Very interesting, very interesting work that they've been working on um, on recently. So I uh, much look forward to, to
0: that. When you launched your studio at South Barrack Road, we saw that fridge. Um, is that going to be used as a space to to sort of exhibit?
3: See, that's right. That that's already there. That's at the Fine Arts uh, Gallery, um, and it will have. It will have pieces from, from different artists. Um, to be quite honest, I don't know exactly what's in there right now, uh, but it will be filled with, um, with different artworks from uh, probably all of them, artists who are also exhibiting in the actual, the actual show itself.
0: Good stuff. But the, it's a fridge with art, not a fridge with food. <laughs> Can, okay, <laughs> look, looking for snacks.
3: That's right. The idea is that it's like a, it's like a mini gallery. You know, a mini mobile gallery. Excellent. That's how we're looking
0: at it. Okay, so Kitchen Studios takes over next week. Uh, Joseph, tell us a little bit right. more about uh, what's what's on the cards for, for the next few days.
5: Well, um, um, today was where we launched the, the event. Uh, today we have an opening um, party or gathering or whatever you rather call it. Um, With some the, dancing maybe? Yes, there's a performance held by the Movement Collective, if I'm not saying it incorrectly. Excuse me, so, <laughs> if I'm saying it incorrectly. Um, basically, we will have the 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 different um, parties that are involved in this event will come together today. And they will initiate the, the opening of this event. One thing I will mention, and um, we're really happy to be hosting this twice. Because one of the things we're looking for is continuity. So people can expect this next year. Um, and uh, the coming together of different groups. Um, I will mention all these groups, um, they have the one thing in common that is the most important thing for us, which is art. Kitchen Studios uh, revolve around art. The Movement Collective is um, around dancing, which is a form of art. We also have the Reenactment Society, which is uh, they that they, orientation is history, mm. which can be seen as a, as a kind of art because it's uh, how to keep... Um, um, the See, past
0: alive those stories are being relived
5: yes and huh? uh, maybe them. that's the 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 least that has to do with art but i do consider it uh an organic product of, of being human which is a uh, history art dance on thursday we have a uh, literature um we have some poems and a uh, performance or something like this so uh, um it's quite it's quite this year i think we've done better than last year and that's uh in the evenings in the afternoons well, um, today we open at six. Um, the performance will be at quarter to seven to give some people to like loosen up, come in, relax. Um, Tuesday we have talks, um, which I mentioned on the Chronicle today. You can catch up with that there. Uh, Wednesday we have um, the portrait sessions with the Reenactment Society uh, from five till seven, and then we have life art from seven till nine. Um, then on Thursday we have uh, some a literature performance, it's like a poetic um, a show or something of sorts, but they have uh, props and, and stuff like this. So Trino Cruz,
0: Alan Perez and Javier Lopez Escalona doing straight Rhapsody projects. Hmm?
5: Yes indeed, yes indeed. And we also managed to uh, squeeze someone in at last moment, uh, but this was organised by another committee member, so I cannot give too many details. So if you're interested to come and check this out, uh, you can stay for a bit longer today. I'll stress again that all of this is free and it's um, open doors to anyone. You don't have to be uh, a member of the association. You don't have to be uh, a member of Kitchen. Uh, You can just come in and pop to the same way this week, the same way to uh, Kitchen's um, uh, takeover next week. Let me ask uh,
0: Stefano, uh, sometimes art can be quite an individual pursuit, no? where people spend mm-hmm. quite a lot of time in their own world exploring their creativity. What's the importance of getting together to organize events and, and to be together and, and to talk about art in person?
3: Um, I think for us it's it's paramount, no it's it's what we've always based based ourselves on, on collaboration on, on getting together with other people other like-minded individuals because ultimately I mean, you can you can do everything alone, no but it's always better with this when it's surrounded by other people um and having that sort of that that backup of of people like the finance association in this instance really helps to 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 bring people together, you know, and and the idea is that people who are part of our crowd might not be particularly part of uh, the fine arts crowd might go in and say, okay, look, so I can come back here and I can do this and I can do that. And this is the kind of thing that they can expect. So, so, so our crowd can learn about them and, and their crowd can learn about, our, about us and what we do. And, and, and I think, you know, there's nothing better than really spreading the word on arts. You know, it's a, it's a small community that we have locally. Um, and really, it's much better to stick together than to do things separately. You know, so, jo- so Joseph- we always welcome these, these kind of things.
0: Joseph is nodding away here.
5: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree <laughs> with, uh, with Stefan. Or like, um, um, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I do think that, um, like you're saying, uh, Jonathan, like when an art is an individual pursuit, but it definitely comes together as a community if you um, make these sort of events. Uh, it's absolutely. Exactly. Yep, I agree, Stefano. I'll keep nodding. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'll just keep <laughs> nodding away. <laughs> I,
3: I also, I also wanted to mention that um, that this is sort of uh, a first step in 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 a longer process. Uh, now that we have our studio space, and um, the idea is to sort of get people interested in that, get people interested in what we can do with the space, um, and we'll be hosting some workshops off the back of the the Noroeste program, so we'll be hosting some workshops um, as a sort of introduction to us, to to trying out new things. Now that we have the space, we can actually do much more than, than when we didn't have the space and we had to look outside and in public places to do things. So now we'll be hosting some events, that we'll have more information on that on Brilliant. our Instagram. Yeah, and, um, and we'll
0: be happy to have you back uh, on soon, Stefano, to, to talk about it. That's right. Uh, thank, you, right. thank you so much for joining us, um, Stefano blanca Chacaluga of Kitchen Studios and Joseph thank Alessio you. of the Fine Arts Association. A reminder then that um, this evening the No Cuesta de Enero uh, program of events opens at 6 p.m. and that's at the Fine Arts Gallery. Uh, there's a dance performance by the Movement Collective titled Lotus. Uh, thanks again, Stefano, and thank you, Joseph, for joining us. I hope it goes really well for you. Thanks, thank you so much. my friend.